Can you hear me there okay? Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can see you. Thank you for taking the time. Powerful YouTube original content that you put up. How long did you have to keep it a secret that you were working on that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Since June. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It was a long time. <laughs> wow. So, in your case, you're not only being your charismatic self on camera you know, fans of your channel see that all the time, but you also have to prepare for interviews. Was that the hardest part of it, doing the research or did you kind of know everything already? Um, you know, what's interesting is that uh, this is a topic that I've been wanting to explore for a really, really long time. And I've been um, studying up on cultural appropriation for years, like ever since I was in high school. And so um, I kind of already knew a lot about it. I knew a lot about the discourse that people were having online, but we did tap into some scholars and academics just for, you know, accuracy. You know, we didn't want to put out um, a series that was inaccurate. Uh, so it was kind of like a, a team effort, I guess. <laughs> yeah. June to December. That's a long time. That's almost like an album. <laughs> so was there a lot more filmed than, than was used for it? Oh, definitely. Definitely. There were a lot of really great conversations that we had in the panel and in the street interviews, but, you know, because of time, you know, they wanted it to be under 30 minutes and things like that. So a lot of it had to get cut out, but I, I wish that we could like post everything like on its own. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would have been really cool. <laughs> Can you? I mean, hey, in this day and age of BTS, not the boy band, the behind the scene <laughs> course abbreviation, people like to put out outtakes and B-roll over time. So maybe there is hope on that end. Yeah, I hope so. Maybe we can talk to the YouTube team and see what's possible. <laughs> so did you know outright everything that was going to be said in the interviews. I asked that because some people script their interviews. Maybe a, a handler says, we need all these questions and we're going to make them look organic. And then other times people go, I trust you, let it go. Yeah, it was kind of a combination of both. You know, um, our director, who was amazing, her name is Evelyn. Um, she's an Asian woman from New York City. She was also really interested in this conversation. And so uh, we kind of worked together to see which questions we wanted to hit, you know, what questions we wanted to um, ask our guests in the panel and also ask, you know, the kids on the street. Um, but also just like having conversations with people, sometimes a conversation just naturally goes in a different direction than what you intended and something really amazing happened. So it was kind of like a combination of both. Did your director for that episode work on the other ones or did everyone like a serial style get their own part and then they put the whole series together? Just this one. Yeah. Did you get to see any of the other episodes as you were making or get any guidance on that end? Or this is original. This is you. This is Asia's turf forget what everyone else is doing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, this is actually just a pilot episode and hopefully it does go to series. But, uh, when YouTube came to me back in like June, uh, they offered to, you know, make any sort of project that I wanted to. And, 
I, you know, like I said, I've always been interested in this conversation. So I knew I wanted to do like a documentary sort of series on, you know, different trends, like where do they come from? You know, we always see it online on the internet, but like, where do these trends really come from? And so, um, I pitched this idea to the YouTube originals team and they loved the idea and I was really grateful. And, uh, that's kind of how it came together. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you are your own industry in this point of your career. You have great acting credits. You are an entrepreneur otherwise, but it seems like you are calling your own shots at this point in time that you're going, that sounds interesting. I'll do it as opposed to waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. See, that's, what's so interesting about the, or the difference between like being a content creator and being an actor. When you're an actor, you literally have to wait for someone to hire you. <laughs> but as a content creator, you could literally just make whatever you want. I mean, obviously I had the help of the YouTube originals team for this one, but like all of the other stuff that I'm doing online and on my, using my platforms online, I'm kind of just creating it on my own. And Th that type of content is what got the attention of the YouTube originals team in the first place. So, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting, like the, the, um, difference between the two industries, but I'm just really grateful that, um, women, especially women of color, are you know, able to have platforms and be able to turn that into a career. When exactly, and this is putting you on the spot here, but when exactly did you start to see the tide turn that women of color would have great opportunities like this? And in general, you didn't have to wait around for a casting person to go, mm, yes, no. And then you can call your own shots. Yeah, I think it was around, I want to say like 2017. I started my YouTube channel in 2016, literally because I was waiting I was tired of waiting for someone to hire me on the acting side. And I was like, I have to do something else. Like I have to use my creative energy for something else. And then a year into it, I got um, about a hundred thousand subscribers. And I started noticing how many offers were coming my way just because of that. And I knew that I, I had to keep creating and I knew how, you know, it was just really fulfilling to be able to use my own voice in acting someone's literally putting words in your mouth, which can be great depending on the project. But, you know, as a, as a human being, sometimes you want to like have our own voice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. When you have that many subscribers, I'd have to imagine it's almost a full-time job keeping up with the comments and the DMs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes they're not very kind, but you know, you know what it is. <laughs> well, sometimes those come from spam factories even where something that I found was the first time I got a comment that it was along these lines, I thought it was organic. It was something like, very underrated channel. You should have more subscribers. And you go, oh yeah, maybe I should. And then you get an almost matching one from another can you realize, oh, that's a person that wants you to write back on, how can I get more subscribers so I can hire you? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the spam comments are, are really funny sometimes. <laughs> so in your case though, it sounds like, you're in the great position of being able to say no to things and choosing the projects that you care about, as opposed to, hey, Asia, we want you to go on this trip to this place and take five selfies in front of it, and then maybe we'll pay you for it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I think that's uh, where every influencer wants to get to. I think, you know, not having the choice to do what you want to do with your career is what brings a lot of people to um, this industry and to this career. So um, I really 
value freedom in my life. And so I really value freedom in my career. And I think it's just really great that all of these platforms are giving people like me um, a way to make a living while still maintaining our creative freedom. Yeah. So are you allowed to say what's next? I know sometimes when you're on a junket and you, you can only talk about this project because that's the only project you ever worked on, but are you allowed to say what's next? Or are you under deadline.com embargoes and NDAs and all that stuff? There are a few things that I cannot talk about yet, but um, one thing that I can talk about because it it just released like a week ago is um, I recently collaborated with a an Asian female owned streetwear brand called Uprisers that's available exclusive at exclusively at PacSun. So that collection is out right now. I'm wearing it, but yeah, I can finally talk about that now. <laughs> so does that mean that's another job title you have to add to your bio? When they say, hey, actress, entrepreneur, influencer, YouTube personality, do you now have to go designer? I mean, I would love to do that, but I feel like it's kind of weird to just like have all these titles. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. (laughs) Weird or awesome. You know, I, I spoke with somebody yesterday who was is super famous for selling millions upon millions of records. But I think singer is maybe the sixth thing in there. I think it was something like. Actor, game designer, I'm pretty sure was in there. Uh, producer, philanthropist was in there too. And then it's like, and singer. And so <laughs> I, I don't know if the, the order of it, there's a strategy to it. How do you like to be thought of in general? Do you have that? If, you know, when you have to make small talk, you're stuck on that flight with the person next to you and they go, so what do you do? What do you usually <laughs> say? Oh my God, I hate this question because I never know how to answer it. (laughs) But usually like to give people like the condensed version, I will literally just say like actor and content creator. But when I am like speaking to another industry person, I really like to say like all the other stuff because, you know, content creator and um, actor isn't all that I do. Eventually I do want to go into directing and filmmaking, you know, and um, those are things that I'm also really interested in. So I would love to add those to my job titles as well. Hmm. When you want to get out of that conversation, the term that I, people I know use, they use rock on tour because it sounds like a fancy term, even though it's meant to like belittle what you do and you go, oh, I'm just a hype salesman person that doesn't know what they're doing. But the reality is those are the people that are actually doing a lot of stuff. So if mm-hmm. I hear you in the near future saying, well, you know, as a rock and tour, I will know what the deal is. But Asia, my last question for you, do, besides watching your content, do you have a TV or film recommendation that you could pass along to someone who needs a new show to start? Ooh, oh my gosh, this is such a good question. Uh, I oh, think I, the last... I, every now and then I get one of those out there. I put a good question into the world. It doesn't happen <laughs> often. So I appreciate that one. Thank you. Yeah, sometimes you do your job. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> um, the last series that I watched was Dope Sick on Hulu. It's about the opioid crisis and like how Michael it started. Keaton. Yeah. Yeah, I love Michael Keaton. And I never knew any of that that was in that series. And so it was really enlightening. And um, I think it really humanized uh, addiction and the people who go through it and how it affects communities. I thought it was really great. Hmm. Any comedies or some people don't like comedies, but do you also have a comedy pick? Because somebody watches Dope Sick, which is a great, brilliant show. 
they might come away from that going, I need a palate cleanser here, putting you on the spot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I love K dramas. I know this probably isn't the right, the no. right answer, but um, I love romantic comedies and I think K dramas do a really great job at like melding those two together. So one of my favorites of all time is um, crash landing on you. It's about this heiress who accident, who goes on a paragliding trip and she actually, she accidentally lands in North Korea. <laughs> so it's a, uh, it's a really great, it's like half drama, half comedy. It's, really great i would highly recommend it (laughs) that was off my radar so i'm glad i got that one i'll pass along to the wife we'll see we'll see if it passes the muster i'm sure it will but thank (laughs) you so much for your time and really looking forward to what's next year you kind of want people who are entertaining yet putting meaningful projects out in the world and that's what you've been doing so keep it up thank you so much i really appreciate it hey antonio thank you for taking the time my first question is does anyone call you Tony or are you just Antonio to everybody? Antonio to everybody, I hope. That's my name. <laughs> you never know. Uh, my classic example is sometimes when you talk to somebody like Tommy Lee, you go, are, are you Tommy still? Right. It's like, sure. well, sure. my mom is mad at me. I'm Tom. But anyway, thank you for doing this. The new my film, pleasure. God's Not Dead. When did you actually finish it? Uh, we finished it um, almost a year ago, I, I think. Yeah, it was uh, early this year. Um, it came out a few months ago in the theaters that did really well. And now it's, uh, you can purchase it and download it and stream it and all that good stuff. So, and it's, uh, it's extremely popular right now. So I'm, I'm very just blessed and, and humbled by this whole situation. Really, it's really a good thing to be in a, a film like this. It's just, uh, it's overwhelming. It's really good. What was your gateway into the film? Had you worked with a producer before or one of the stars and they went, here's the script for you? Because obviously you're not the auditioning type at this point in your career. Oh, no, I, I love auditioning and especially for roles that, you know, when you audition for something, you have a chance to show showcase your talent. But for this one, uh, you know, I worked with Pure Flix before, uh, Universal, and, um, and I know David White and I know a lot of the the, the actors that were in the film and producers. So uh, this, the script came to me and uh, I just fell in love with it. I was just a great story. just uh, uplifting um, a story with so much dignity and, and family values and really entertaining. It was just, I couldn't say no to it. And I'm very close to uh, the character that I am uh, in my personal life. So I said, let's go for it. Hmm. Well, you personally, I think most people first saw you in the Janet Jackson video and then, of course, General Hospital and Melrose Place. You've been working steadily for over 30 years now. Now, when you started off more in the modeling end, did you have the end goal of being a producer and a film studio head like you are now? Was that the original vision? Yeah, I've always I've always acted. I've always, uh, you know, I moved to this country with my family. My father was an actor, well-known in Europe, around the world, made movies like Grand Prix, won three Academy Awards. So I was, I grew up in a, on a movie set in Rome. You know, my father used to do a lot of Western films and um, a lot of mafia films, a lot of all kinds of films, a lot of great films through the 60s and 70s uh, and 80s as well. And so I, I've always wanted to do and I always wanted to direct and write my own projects and do things that I truly believe in. So um, things are really, uh, it's been really great to be in this business for this long. It's been awesome. <laughs> and Trail, Trailblazers is in progress. I do believe you had some production yeah. related delays, but that's your first official production under the studio? 
It's officially my first production under Trailblazers Pictures and, and also my first directorial debut. And I also worked on writing the story with my partner, Deborah Twist. Um, and um, we just put this movie together. This trilogy is a Western action adventure trilogy where God is, is, is fighting the forces of evil in a Western town, um, in a Western settings with samurai and ninjas and all kinds of cool stuff that I just always wanted to, to do. And, and so we're, we, we started shooting in, uh, in Oklahoma and we'll head back there after the holidays and finish up this film. I also have several other films that we're producing uh, and also directing. So I'll be doing a lot of stuff this year. And, um, and, and, and God is not dead just came out at, at the right time. And, and people want to see it all over the world now. And it's just great to be part of all this. And I'm blessed every day, man. You actually answered a few questions right there. What I was going to say is when you're making a movie, it might not come out for three years or four years. You know, it takes <laughs> a long time. Unlike an album where you record it in your home and then you go, we're going to put out the single tonight. Movies and film are just totally, totally different on that end. So I was going to ask what else is in the pipeline, because I can imagine when you're a creative person like yourself, you don't just want to sit back and wait. So uh, with having your own studio, are mm -hmm. there three things in production? Because you know, you know, like, hey, not all of them are going to happen. Or is it like 20 things are in production? No, I like to focus. Uh, 20 would be extremely a, a lot of projects, and I wouldn't mind jumping in that many. But as, as far as our studio is concerned, we're about 10 projects in. Uh, we have three films. We have four films with Trailblazers, four consecutive films. And then we have other films that are more, uh, you know, we have films that are more dramatic. We have some comedies. Uh, we have more action films. We have a zombie movie on planes that we want to do. I want to direct, I always want to direct a movie about zombies and having an action adventure on, on a plane with zombie chasing you through a plane. And we're going to do that. Um, so I don't know. I'm just blessed that I'm in a position to, to create my own future uh, with my partners and I, and we're coming up with some really good stuff. And ultimately uh, my studio is there to dedicate everything to people like my father, my country, um, things that we're passionate about. And, um, you know, th there's space for us in this environment. And uh, we can see that because people are coming to us and want to work with us. So um, we're just going to keep on doing projects that are uplifting, fun to watch, and um, just, uh, you know, that, that are proud of our country, you know, ultimately. You mentioned filming in Oklahoma. Something mm -hmm. I'm curious about is whether you find that few things are filming in New York and L.A. these days, that it's a lot it's it's maybe even more not in New York and L.A. than there is. Is that the case for you that not just the tax credits, but hey, these people are easy and they're ready to work. Let's go there. I think right now that the business is starting to pick up and, and people want to, you know, and in states like Oklahoma is giving up, giving us a lot of incentives and they're very productive. They want production companies to come there. We shot God is not dead there. And so I found a lot of crews, a lot of people that, um, you know, Oklahoma City is blowing up for films and television right yeah. now. Uh, Atlanta, obviously. I want to bring some more business. I am based in Florida, in Tampa. So I, I, my studio is based here in Tampa. Uh, so we want to bring more people, more industry, you know, industry people here in Florida and start making films out here or all over the place, you know, really just uh, 
anywhere that uh, we're welcome. We want to showcase their, their, their locations. You know, Oklahoma is just extremely beautiful. There's just so many landscaping yeah. is astounding. So, um, yeah, so we're there for this once, but we're going to be all over the place. Not just Oklahoma City, Tulsa, that's where they made the Outsiders, UHF. There's yep. multiple cities where people are filming out there. Now, exactly. to reference music again and compliment you at the same time, uh, <laughs> I, I relate your career to kind of a major label artist who got signed and then at a certain point went their own independent route and worked steadily, found their own path, and continued doing that by choice. So what I'm curious about is when you realized, hey, if I do independent projects and my own projects, along with the occasional reality show, I'm going to not just be okay, I'm going to be more than okay, maybe more successful than ever. Did you have a certain point where you realized that that was the case, instead of having to do cattle call auditions and only go for the biggest stuff? Well, no, for, for me, is, uh, I, I'm just the hardest worker. Um, I work everybody out. Uh, just the way, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm early. I, I, I get to work. I love to work. I love to, I never stop. Uh, you know, people slow down a lot faster than me. So, you know, this way gives me a chance to do more projects, do projects that, that I feel that uh, need to be done um, and have my own freedom and uh, work with people that I want to work with, help people that maybe they haven't been in the business for a while. I want to bring them back and give them a chance to come back and do what they're good at. So this is a giving studio. This is a studio. My, my purpose was to give back, um, to give um, opportunities for people that haven't been in the business and need a second chance. And that goes across the board from the crew members, uh, the cast and everybody. You know, I, I just want to create my own future. Uh, this country is allowing me to do that. And uh, so far, so good. I have great partners, great investors that believe in what we're doing. And, um, and Trailblazers, which is what we're doing now, is, is the beginning of it. But uh, I got to thank, you know, people like David White at, at, at Pure Flakes and, uh, at, um, and people that I work with on God is Not Dead because they have, they have been in the business for not that long, but they have created such enormous uh, uh, fame and, uh, and, and just uh, they have reached so many people uh, for the word of God. And just, you know, Pure Flex has done so much for a lot of people around the world. And, um, and so I, I want to contribute to that. I want to keep working with them. I want to keep working with people that I feel comfortable with. And that's what we're trying to do. Not just having your own acting gigs, but the 10 projects in development through your own studio, which is a lot. If there's any free time, for you, where does it go? Do you have any hobbies? Oh, well, I, I like to spend time with my fiance and my kids. Um, you know, I, I like to race cars. That's one of the passions. That, you know, if I wasn't an actor, I'd be, I'd be racing somewhere in some track around the world. Um, but that's, that's what I, I you know, I, I'm going to be 50 next year. So I, I feel that right now, um, you know, I'm just good. I'm great. I am. I, I feel good with my family. Uh, I feel good with my work. And, uh, and what we're about to do for next year, it's very exciting. And, um, and movies like, you know, God is not dead that this, this whole trilogy, you know, this, this whole four films that they've done. Um, mm -hmm. It's just, uh, it's inspiring what they've done. And, and I think they inspire me to do the things that I'm doing now because God deserves to be put out there in projects and lifestyles. And, um, and that's what we're about to do. We just want to put God on the map in everything that we do, we stand for our decisions are made on that and um, just positive stuff and great entertainment 
where we're going to reach people and make them feel good. And, you know, when, when God is not dead, uh, we, the people came out a few months ago in the theaters, it did extremely, extremely well. And I was really curious. I went from every theater around Tampa area and I, and I asked strangers, I walked in theaters and they were happy to see me. It's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I live here and, and, and I'm proud of this film. Tell me why you came out of a, you know, of your house today and took your whole family and every, every, every seat was taken. Um, every single house around the country was sold out. And I was just, I was astounded by how many people went to see it in those four days. And they told me the same thing. Uh, we want to go see good, positive uh, family value movies that we can take the whole family, feel good about it with, with, um, with a great message. And that's, that's what I want to do. Well, speaking of Tampa, I find that Tampa and Clearwater may have more celebrities living there under the radar than any yeah. other place in the <laughs> U.S. True. between that's WWE performers between people from the Church of Scientology. It's kind of like the most star-studded area that's under the radar. Am I wrong about that? I hear, I mean, I hear that the Tom Cruise and the Kirstie Alley and John Travolta, they, I, you know, I know some of them. I, I haven't seen them out here, but I got to tell you, Florida is a great state. We have a great governor, probably the best ever. And, um, you know, I've been coming to Florida for a long time. I just love this place. I love the climate. I love... The people, I also have work in construction. So I'm with CNC Concrete Pumping here in Florida. We, we, we build a lot of hotels and, you know, medical buildings. We build everything concrete-wise. So uh, I, I know the state relatively well, and um, it's a great place. But the country's great. So there's a lot of other places we want to shoot. Uh, you know, I, I found some great locations in Colorado, Montana, in Alaska that I want to go for the sequels of these films that are just fantastic I, I now that i'm involved in making films i get involved with not only just the production but the sound the music uh composing music with my composer um uh, locations finding new locations that we can give back to those places you know because you know when a production comes to anywhere we give back you know i hire locals uh, you know we want to give back to everything that uh, we're there for you know and like oklahoma same thing but this country is full of a lot of locations that people don't even know about that are just amazing. And we're going to showcase all of them in the next upcoming films. You kind of personify that saying, if you want to get something done, give it to a busy person. So kudos <laughs> to you for all that. And my last question for you is besides yeah. God's not dead, do you have a TV or a film recommendation that you can give to somebody who needs a new show to start? And it's okay if you produced it or you're in it. I think it's got to come from the, from the heart. You know, you, you can't put money in front of it. You gotta, you gotta look at it and say, you know, why am I writing this project? What, what is the message here? What I'm trying to do, you know, because that's important to me that well, you know, if it comes from the heart, it comes from a good place, then I want to be involved with that. You know, it doesn't matter if it's action or, or romance or comedies or anything. If the message is there and it's a good script, let's make it, let's make it happen. And that's what I want to get involved with. And that's, who I'm involved with now, people, young writers who are just writing extremely well products and um, things that I want to direct, I want to produce, and I want to be in. So it's it's a good time. I'm very blessed. Thank you, Lord, for everything. <laughs> well, thank you for your time and looking forward to seeing the success of Trailblazers pictures and, you know, giving more voices to independent writers and actors and so forth. So thank you again and best of luck to you, Antonio. Pleasure. Thank you very much. Besides having to talk to, you know, weirdos in the media, good day for you so far? Yeah, it's a good day. Can't complain. 
Well, thank you very much for taking the time. Big match coming up. You have at Hard to Kill, triple threat match or three-way match, however you want to call it. Any different knowing that it's a three-way match on a pay-per-view or is it just business as business? Um, business as usual, my friend. Uh, yeah, it's business as usual. I'm going to be prepared. Um, I pride myself on being prepared for any match or event that I'm going to be a part of. Um, and uh, I mean, ever world champ. I call myself the greatest world champion in all the professional wrestling because any world champion that you uh, ask a question about going to a match like this will tell you that. Oh, it's not fair how that's the odds are stacked against them or um, they don't have to be pinned or lose this match or whatever excuses you can make up in that could, or things that could happen in a three-way. Well, I'm actually looking forward to this opportunity because there's a chance I get to prove to the whole world why I'm as great as I am because I'm going to come out on top. Ultra-cast.